0: The book of James will conclude today with some final instructions. This is week 19. Yes, I am a little perturbed that we didn't get to 20, just for mere OCD reasons. 19 is such an odd number, but that's okay. I've learned a lot in the book of James. I believe James is a super important book In the New Testament. Uh, I believe that it was obviously wholly inspired by God the Holy Spirit and it's there for a reason so that Christians understand the balance between grace and works, between faith and works. Throughout this book we have covered a lot of different topics. We have compared the book of James to the book of Proverbs And that is a great comparison. Uh, Throughout this book, we have made reference back to the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, which is also a good comparison. But I believe that this book has taught me. I know it's taught me in my study. I hope that it's helped you. And as with any study that we go through at Keystone Church, my goal is that the next time in your personal Bible reading, which we all should have, The next time that you read through the book of James, you recall some of the sermons that we preach through in the book of James. And maybe you go back and find them on podcast or YouTube or maybe just as you're reading, you have a deeper grasp of the book of James. I hope it's been that way with the other books of the Bible that we've preached through. This one obviously has been a little bit more disjointed because we started it in a gym we briefly moved to a church building in Hillsboro, Then we moved online, and now we've been out here sweating for the last eight weeks or nine weeks, however long it's been. So it's been different, I understand. With the final instructions today, let's pick up in verse 19 of chapter 5. Verse 19 of chapter 5, James says this, My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back. Let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. It's a powerful two verses. Two verses I believe very uniquely placed at the conclusion of the book of James. Can we pray together? And then let's close out the series this morning, Evidence from the book of James. Jesus, we love you. We worship you. You're a holy, holy Savior. You're a holy Lord. You're the holy God and creator. And God, today as unholy vessels that have been washed in the blood of Jesus and made holy, God, we come before you with your word open. Wanting to hear, wanting to apply, wanting to transform. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for dying for us. In your name we pray, Amen. To think back through the journey of the book of James and to think of some of the topics and some of the truths that we've learned, I think back and I think of wisdom. We've talked about wisdom in the book of James as I mentioned the book of Proverbs is kind of a sister book and James chapter 1 and verse 5 if any of you lacks Wisdom, Let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. And can I say this? I believe that verse of scripture should be one of the top verses of scripture that we uh, quote to ourselves and that we, we speak with other people. Every time I go into a meeting about the church or with a church member or with the leadership of our church, I always begin, hey, we need wisdom. Let's pray for wisdom. And by the way, you should do that before you go in and have that meeting with your boss this week. You should go in there before you maybe have that uh, that lunch with your spouse this week. You should go into any type of situation where wisdom is needed with the attitude of, God, I need wisdom. I'm asking of you because you said you would give it liberally. You said you would give it. And I'm asking you. James chapter 3 and verse... Thirteen, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show you his works in the meekness of wisdom. Verse 14. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. We spoke of the difference between earthly wisdom and godly wisdom. And there is an earthly wisdom out there that seems to be right. But there's a godly wisdom that is biblical and that is right. So we spoke of wisdom, but we also spoke of the tongue. You remember several times throughout the book of James, James chapter 1 and verse 19. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear. Slow to speak. Slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God, James 1.26 if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. If you claim to be religious and you cannot keep your mouth in check, then your religion is worthless. Those are some heavy statements. We spoke of temptation, and once again, I'm just I'm just briefly going through some of the topics, not everyone, but some of them that we've covered. Temptation in the first chapter, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Let steadfastness have its effect, full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing, talking about temptation and trials and testings. Verses 12-15, through blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. God cannot be tempted with evil. He himself tempts no one. But every person is tempted when he is lured and enticed uh, by his own desire. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. Sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death temptation we spoke in that text about a, 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 an obvious thing that we need to understand about the character of God that God is not the author of sin God is not the author of temptation the temptation comes from the father of lies the devil in James chapter 3 verse 2 it says for we all stumble in many ways if anyone does not stumble in what he says he's a perfect man Also able to bridle his whole body. If we put bits in the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Incredible to think just of all that happens when we are tempted. And prejudice, we spoke of prejudice in James chapter 2. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. If a man wearing a gold ring and clothing, fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my feet. Have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Same chapter, verse 9, but if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the laws as, trans, as by the laws, transgressors. And prejudice and judging do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks evil against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. If you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There's only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Once again, just speaking of the topics, sorry for the overload of Scripture this morning. You'll be, be good for three more weeks now. Just kidding. Works and faith. We spoke about works and faith. What good is it, my brothers, James chapter 2, verse 14, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? This was a tough passage. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works is dead money, I won't read all the passages of the text about money from James chapter 5 there's 6 or 7 verses there that we spoke about money and we spoke to the rich and we preached to the rich about how uh, the riches of this world, the temporary riches are are not to be desired and lived for but the eternal is to be desired and the eternal is to be lived for we spoke in the last couple of weeks about healing yes I do have a hanky um, this is my healing Aggie. No, um, <laughs> we spoke about healing is any among you sick and we did this we'll let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him anointing him with the oil in the name of the Lord the prayer of, the, of faith will save the one who is sick the Lord will raise him up if he has committed sins he will be forgiven therefore confess your sins one to another pray for one another that you may be healed the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working We've covered a lot. And by the way, those aren't all the topics. We've covered a lot of truth in the book of James. I didn't want to go back today and basically just read the entire book for you. But James is saying, listen, if you're a believer and a follower of Jesus, here is how you ought to walk. Here is how you ought to live These are the guidelines, if you want to put them that way. These are the behaviors that a uh, uh, gospel-transformed follower of Jesus will have. But he finishes the book very different. He has spoken about, if we want to put it this way, he's spoken about some do's and some don't do's. But he closes the book out... differently if any among you wonders from the truth. What does that tell us this morning? It tells us that there will be those who wonder from this truth. The previous five chapters minus the last two verses. Everything that James has spoken about or written this letter about and he has addressed in this letter. Everything that he has said There will be those who have accepted the truth, have believed the truth, and they wander away from the truth. And this morning, I believe James leaves us with some final instructions. I want us to think and comprehend this morning the, the, the Christianese word backslide now if you grew up in church you know exactly what that means if you didn't grow up in church you're like what do you mean like you slide on your back where like I don't understand is there, is there snow is there ice somewhere am I on the tube am I on skis what am I doing but if you speak fluent Christianese like I do you understand uh, backslide and can I say this that I believe the term backslide is a valid term I believe that there are people all over our communities in our families in our churches uh, in our country that are true followers of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit has dwelled inside of them, Ephesians chapter 1. They are sealed until the day of redemption. But they're further away from God right now than they were a year ago. They're further away from God right now than they were two years ago. Their, their walk with God is not quite what it was and they always can talk about back in the day so it is a legitimate thing there are those who are backslidden there are those who the way that I put it the Holy Spirit is in their life just as if he was in their car and the Holy Spirit used to be in the driver's seat of their life and they used to follow the Holy Spirit whatever turn he made they were right there with him, he drove the car, they were along for the ride. Spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. And they could sing that song and be honest. But now, the Holy Spirit, while still in the car, was taken from the driver's seat and put in the passenger seat, and over time he was taken from the passenger seat and put into the back seat, he's still in the car. And over time, it became the kind of annoying backseat driver that said you should be in church this morning, but you decided to sleep in. And then they said, well, Josh, said 9 o'clock start. And now we understand, all right? <laughs> Completely get it. No excuses next week. But over time, it became the backseat driver. Are you speeding? I didn't hear your seatbelt click. And you know what happened is over time, the Holy Spirit got put in the trunk. And now when the Holy Spirit speaks in a still, small voice, it's very hard for the backslidden person to hear, right? He's still there. We believe that the Holy Spirit seals us and that no one can take us out of Jesus' hand, John chapter eleven, and no one can take, about, take us out, take us out of the Father's hand. But His voice, that is backslidden. That is what it is. By the way, don't get me started, but I'll get there in August about how we need a a, a fresh fullness of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and our lives. I can't wait for you. Uh, those who are raised Baptist we're going to actually teach on the Holy Spirit man it's going to be great you ain't going to know what to do with yourself however I believe also there's another side of people and I believe this to my core who they wonder from the truth and we find out that they never were of the truth they've gone out from us because they never were they never were of us and so I think we need to make a distinction here this morning, uh, that James is speaking to those who are believers in Christ, have displayed the fruit of, believer, of being a believer in Christ. However, they have wondered from the truth, and, and surely we are not the judge of who is in what group. But we must understand that there's also that group of people who wonder from the truth that they never did believe in. say, so Josh, how do we understand which person is which, we don't. We can't. We just need to understand that those are distinctions. Does everybody understand where I'm coming from this morning? There are those who are believers in Jesus Christ who the Holy Spirit dwells in, they are sealed, their eternity is settled in heaven, and they are struggling spiritually and they've wandered from God and the Holy Spirit has moved further and further away and they're not hearing his voice because everything else is so loud and he is so quiet. And then there are others who have played the game of Christianity their their entire lives, who they have never put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. They they may have prayed a prayer one time and had no idea what they were doing, and they thought maybe the words they said would save them, there was never any gospel heart transformation, and they're not truly a believer in Jesus Christ. And they wonder. Two different people, two different types of people. But we must understand that there will be those who wonder. I don't know about you, but I've had family members got friends currently who have wondered from the truth they used to be fill in the blank now they are filling a completely different blank i've got a roommate of mine from college that trained to be a, a pastor and went to pastor a church and spent eight years behind bars for indecent liberties with a minor and is now out of prison and we've spoken on the phone several times and now is no longer a believer. Do I know if he's a backslidden person or truly an unbeliever? I don't know. But he's wondered from the truth. And that's what we're speaking about today. And whether it be someone who used to be all in 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 the local church and used to be all in with Jesus and used to be a shining light in a dark world who has now accepted the, the wiles of the devil and the culture of the devil and the society around them, or whether it's someone who's truly not a believer, James makes it clear that we, brothers and sisters in Christ, there must be someone who lovingly brings them back James finishes the book and says here's everything you're supposed to do and not supposed to do for four chapters and 15 verses 18 verses but there's going to be some people who don't and Christian believer follower of Jesus he says someone should turn them back someone should bring them back you say well josh isn't that the job of the holy spirit ultimately we understand that is the job of the holy spirit however james says that us as brothers and sisters who truly love that person will draw them back and will pull them back and will compel them to come back and this morning we need to be a church full of people who commits ourselves to grace-centered reconciliation and restoration I want us to understand that this morning we must be a church if we're gonna follow the teachings of this book that that is centered on grace and reconciliation and restoration You say, Josh, does that mean that that guy who was your roommate in college, who was the pastor that took indecent liberties with minors, we, we should just restore him back up and make him the pastor? Of course not. We're not talking about about, uh, bringing people back into the same position necessarily that they had or restoring them to a position. We're talking about restoring them to their creator, restoring them to a walk with God, restoring them to walk in the spirit, restoring them to walk with other brothers and sisters in Christ. And we, Keystone Church, must be people that center our lives on reconciliation and restoration. And when we say that there's no sinner that's gone too far, we must believe it. And when we say that it doesn't matter what you've done when you walk through that door or that door or that fence or that opening in the fence, we must mean it. We must mean it this morning. And he says an active thing, that we should be the ones that make the move toward drawing people back to a relationship with God. I've heard, if I've heard this one time, I've heard this 30 times in the last three years. Well, I stopped going to church. I got a little sideways. No one ever reached out. No one ever reached out. And this morning, may I boldly say that I will annoy you before I won't ever reach out you have to block my number and say Josh leave me alone before I will let you wander and not try to draw you back you say you mean draw back to to, to attending church at Keystone absolutely not I've got some of my some of our best some of my best friends one of my best friends right now goes to Summit Church in Durham guess why because when he was thinking about going to Summit Church, I said, I actually think that would be a great fit for you. I'm not sure that a smaller church environment is, is what you guys need right now. And they've been there for three years. Completely fine with me. Hey, you want something more traditional? Man, I, I came out of that. Let me give you three or four churches you can go to. Hey, you want something a little bit, you know, less doctrine, less deep? I got some shallow churches I can throw towards you. Whatever, whatever floats your boat, man. Just call me the fisherman. I can tell you where to go. But at the end of the day, if we're going to be a biblical church, a biblical church is one who rescues the fallen, who restores the broken, who goes after the ones who have wandered away. And gone after the ones who have wandered away. Hey, listen, church family and church members and attenders this morning, I love it when you come to me and say, hey, where's so-and-so been? I haven't seen them in a while. I love that. I appreciate that. That means you're aware. Let me just tell you this. You don't have to ask me sometimes where they've been. Go ahead and shoot them a text. Go ahead and give them a phone call. Go ahead and send them that private message on Facebook. Hey, we've missed you. And then when they say, well, have you been talking to people at the church about me? You can say, no, I actually haven't. I haven't asked anybody. I just missed you. I actually care about you. No, Josh didn't. Meet me on the side and go, hey, Sam, if you will do this, man, like, because if you say it, it's going to come better than if I say it. So, like, dude, if you will, that's, I mean, fine. I'll do that sometimes if I think that's going to help. I mean, how how much better is it if it's just like, no, Josh didn't talk to me. I miss you. I care about you. I want to see you back in. And by the way, our job this morning is to not cast judgment on those people. Our job this morning is not to talk about them. Uh, Here's the best, gossip through prayer requests. That's not our job this morning. Hey, I need you to pray about something. And it's actually somebody, and it's actually none of your business. No, this morning is not to cast judgment or condemnation to them. This morning, our job is not to write them off because they've gone too far. There is no such thing as gone too far. If you're still breathing, God is not done. What's the, what's the term in the song? If, if you're not dead, God's not done. If you're not dead, we've got to add that one too, too. God's not done. Our job is simply this. I got one more not to, by the way. Just while we're here, if that's okay. One more not to. Our job is not to say, hey, come on back. And here's my list of rules that you need to make sure you're dotting in order to make sure you're really back. That's called legalism. It's called making up your personal standards for someone else to live by. James says nothing of that. James says draw them back. He says pull them back. Hey, you let God take care of that list. You let God take care of those regulations and those rules. You let the Holy Spirit of God lead and guide and direct them. Our job is to simply lovingly restore, lovingly encourage, lovingly reconcile the wayward person back to their Heavenly Father and then in turn back into fellowship with the local church, back into fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ. What does the Bible say? What's the result of this? This is extremely important. If we care about people, if anyone wonders from the truth and someone brings that wanderer back verse 20 let him know whoever brings back a sinner from from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins i take it to say this you don't even understand the magnitude that you could play in the life of someone by restoring them back to god you don't even understand you could literally be saving them from death you don't understand the impact that you can make just by restoring, just by reaching out, just by reconciling. You say, is it my responsibility to reconcile them to God? No, at the end of the day, that's between the Holy Spirit and them. But it is your job to pull. It is your job to reach. It is your job to restore. It is your job to pull them along Yes, it is. And it will save a soul from death, and it will cover a multitude of sins. I don't know about you this morning, but that's the kind of person I want to be. When people think about me, I want them to say, Hey, Josh is the guy, if, you're, if you've run, he's going to run after you. Josh is the guy, if you've been gone, he's going to draw you back. Hey, Josh is the guy that if you've got issues, he wants to talk through those issues with you. Josh is the guy, hey, listen, he's the kind of guy, if you need him, he wants to pray with you. He wants to air out the laundry. He wants to be there to listen. Guys, that's what it looks like. It looks like taking that phone call at 1030 at night or making it. It's altering your schedule and prioritizing a lunch with somebody who's wandered from the faith. Hey, can I be real? Listen, can we can we be, I, I know I haven't said that much recently. Can I be real? It's going to the awkward lunch with a family that you don't really know that well because the Holy Spirit's put it on your heart to try to reach out to them. It's awkwardly trying to figure out things you have in common to talk about. Because the Holy Spirit has put it on your heart. So what are my final instructions from the book of James? Number one, we ought to pray for the backslidden. Every one of us, I believe if we would take 10 seconds and think, we could think of someone who once was and no longer, fill in the blank. The fervor, the passion, the dedication, the commitment, whatever it is, they once were and now they're not. And number one, we need to commit to prayer, to prayer. I have that app Marco Polo I use it about once every four months our family's on it to share videos and I saw what jogged my memory was I saw my former roommate is anybody that's in your contacts like shows up in there I saw him on there he had been active in there and I jogged my memory and for the last week or so I've not I couldn't I can't get his name out of my head what does that tell me pray 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 for the backslidden reach out to the backslidden that means i have to have another awkward conversation with a guy that lives a thousand miles away from me and to listen to him talk about how he no longer believes in jesus yeah i guess that's what the holy spirit's leading me to do so a prayer for the backslidden reaching out to the backslidden but secondly this morning i think we got to be on we have to be honest with these- with ourselves i believe this is a call for the backslidden by the way the backslidden still attend church sometimes And the backslidden sits in the pew. The prodigal son sometimes, before the prodigal son ever went to his dad and asked for that money and left, the prodigal son had left in his heart a long time before that and still stayed in the house. And so this morning I I present a call to those in our church, those that are are watching online right now, those that are here uh, present. And I call upon you to say, hey, are you honest with yourself? Can you be honest and, enough to say, hey, there's a part of me in my heart that I am the one that's backslidden. And I'm the one who needs to be restored. And I'm the one who needs to reconcile. Hey, listen, if that's you here today, let me say that is what the gospel is. all saying, The gospel's for my salvation. No, 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 no. The gospel's for everything. It's for everything. And that's what we're all about. Reconciling those who... Once were, but have but are no longer. A call to the backslidden this morning. You'll find love, encouragement, acceptance, grace. And then lastly, I'll preach to teenage Josh and say a call to the never truly converted. I'll preach to the pastor's son playing the game. Really good at it. The pastor's son who knew the right things to say, when to say them, knew where the line was so that I could get up to it and not cross it and play the game. And not truly have a gospel transformation in my life until 19 years old. This morning, if you're one of those who know you haven't wondered from the truth, you never have truly believed the truth, the way, the truth, the life, Jesus. So I speak to three people today. I speak to the brothers and sisters that are mature in their faith that we should pray for, restore, reach out to the backslidden and the broken. I say, secondly, today, if you're here and you are backslidden, that this is your church. This is your time, and this is the time this is the time to restore and reconcile your heart to your creator. And then thirdly, to the spiritually broken, meaning never have truly received the gospel this morning. The gospel is simply that you're not good enough in your sin, that all have sinned. And then Jesus Christ came and paid the penalty of your sin for you. He died on the cross. He lived a perfect life. Died on the cross for your sin. He was married, but he didn't stay dead. He rose again three days later. And he rose in victory so that you and I can live in victory through his blood and through his resurrection. Have you believed on the name of the Son of God? It's been a good book, the book of James. Next week we start a new series called This Is Us. And we're going to go through some elements of our church that I think we need to do every couple of years for the five weeks in August. But I'm thankful for James. I'm thankful for God's Word. God's Word preached through a preacher or pastor into your heart and your life. I pray that it has been beneficial heavenly father thanks for listening today if you're listening for the first time we would love to hear from you maybe you have a question about the gospel of jesus if so we'd like you to send us an email at hello at keystone rdu.church. if you're a regular listener to our podcast and you would like to donate to the media ministry and outreach ministry of keystone your gift would allow us to do more in an effective way to get the gospel out Thank you for partnering with us in ministry in Durham and all around the world. Visit keystonerdu.church to get involved.